Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to Jerusalem U's, the Israel Teachers Podcast, where we keep you connected to what's going on in Israel. We, uh, I am your host, Michael Unterberg. I shouldn't forget that part. Here, as always, with co-host Alan Goldman. How's it going, Alan? Gone well, Mike. Where, where, where are we, Alan? It's so pretty. We're in a beautiful inner city park. It's about two years old in Katamonim, across from the Matan building where the Midrashat TVA is. Midrashat There's a name of the park, but I don't remember what it is. It's probably on that sign there, but I can't see it. So you will hear the beautiful sounds of the wind of Jerusalem blowing and making the us ruach, wiser. The spirit. The spirit of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. A, a, a it makes you smarter just by breathing. That's right. The rabbis say. So That's why I had to move to Israel, because I had no chance in Kutzlarts. It didn't help us much, I don't think, <laughs> but we did the best we could. Um, so the slight background noise you hear should be more pleasant than people yelling at each other in French from last week's episode. <laughs> oh my God, that was, I, was, I don't even want to go down, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> All right. It is what it is. Uh, I had an interesting question last night, and I forgot the name of the student, so I'm very, I forgot who it was, but I know it was at Midrashat Harova. And uh, I'll paraphrase the question, that'll be our discussion for today. It's so frustrating when the world misunderstands Israel, misunderstands the story, and can't put Israel into context. Is that ever going to change? Is the world ever going to get it? Is Israel, is the world going to... Because it's really pervasive. Governments around the world, college campuses. It's a great question. And it, 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 it comes... I mean, there's another side to that coin, which is everybody, and I think everybody, at least goes through the mental process of, oh, maybe we're crazy. Right? How can so... How can the common wisdom be wrong when it so clearly sees us as being in the wrong and we think we're in the right? So I guess those are two... I'm seeing that as two sides of the same coin. I would say this is going to be a short episode because, no, we're never going to change the world's perception, so we can finish. <laughs> all right, well, this has been... <laughs> the shortest. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I, I think we always have to think about what do we mean by the world and who. Okay. Because um, I think we often get trapped into one particular um, uh, um, type of person that we're thinking about. What is the world going to ever understand? Let's put it that way. Explain. For instance, today, you know, Nikki Haley is a superhero for for us who want Israel people to understand Israel. You know what she is? She seems she to get is, it. She is the secret weapon for when you're in a room full of people of different political persuasions yeah. and you don't know if you should bring up anything in the news and you're like, oh, if I bring up Trump, the Trump lovers and the Trump haters will have a big fight. So here's what you do. You go, hey, how about that Nikki Haley? And everybody's happy, yeah. at least in Israel. <laughs> Certainly in Israel. So, I mean, so, you know, she really seems to get it. And, and yeah, she gets a, it and, and articulates a, it well. Yeah, gets it, articulates it well. And in not, what did you think when she spoke so. after the battle in Gaza where she defended Israel well? She said no nation would be more careful or moral when defending its borders. And then as the Palestinian spokesperson got up to speak, she, she got up and walked out of the room. What yeah. did you think of getting up and walking out of the room? So, I, 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 there's two sides to me. One side of me is like, you know... You go, girl. You go, girl. On the, on the other side is that... Is that the most? Uh, sometimes I think. I mean, like, you know, I was thinking this morning about you know, Abbas is like furious about this new thing that happened with uh, Ambassador Friedman, 
where someone slipped him a picture very publicly yeah. of the of the Temple Mount with the temple superimposed where the mosques stand today in Dome of the Rock. And it's been, in Israel, at least, it's made, made big news. I don't know. I haven't looked in the uh, it's, it's American on Twitter. papers. But, uh, I don't think it's in American yeah. papers. So, but but it, it is, it's a public you know, relations snafu yeah. if the ambassador to Israel has a picture where the Dome of the Rock has been replaced by a, temple. a Jewish temple. Right. So I, I, I see that. I mean, I can definitely see the Palestinian side of this, you know, well, they're not even listening to us. We, we don't exist anymore for the American, you know, government. Um, not only we would get, no, but I, I, I do so, think that's different than that's separate. So, I, and I think part of the reason people like Nikki Haley is I think she separates herself from the fray. No, I do, but I think walking out. I when think the walking out. Speak, I don't like I don't, walking out. I don't. I don't know what that that I accomplishes. Rem- I remember in the seventies. I mean, for me, that's what I say. Like as Israeli, probably like oh, like that. But on the other hand, is no, it no. really? I think it's. I think. I think what the Palestinians are saying is worth walking out. Worth walking out on because it's garbage. I think right. they're lying. Correct. But I think the message of walking out is the wrong message. And I, and I think back to the years when when the Israeli ambassador would get up to speak at the UN. And they would like walk out. Chaim Herzog, and a third of the room would empty out because they didn't recognize Israel's right to exist. Right. And I, and I said that's not the way diplomats should behave. Right. So uh, that, that I didn't like so much. Right. But, so, she's, but there's competing. So there's competing sides of me is what I'm trying to say. There's that side that's I like, understand. you know. Uh, but also that side recognize, okay, we like... Are we just going to keep going on like this? Um, well, is she able to persuade people to join her side, or is she doing what Ambassador Herzog used to do, which is, I'm saying what needs to be said because it's the truth, so our people know the truth is being said. But we're not going to really change. Um, no, so I think that there, I mean, again, I, those moves, there's lots of moves in diplomacy, certainly in the UN and all that, and, and, and Israel's making has made... Uh, inroads and places that nobody would have thought of ten years ago. You know, whether it be in Saudi Arabia or in Africa. So you were talking um, about focusing so, on audience. Now, in so other words, I'm that those peoples may very well be more open to the messages as they're coming closer to Israel, and she's talking to them, not necessarily Europe. Maybe you know Europe or or what we call you know the left wing media. No, they're not going to change. But they are they are not the end all be all of who's out there. Is what I'm trying to say. I also really do think mm-hmm. that culture, that, that sometimes you put your shoulder to the stone and you push and you push, and you may not see all the difference, but at some point, once you hit the hill, it'll roll downhill. I think you can't give up pushing. I, 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 I am more optimistic than yeah. you. I'm not of the opinion that it's always going to be like this. Uh, I, I, I really wonder when the conditions are going to change that make this whole picture look different. We were talking about a little the last week. Point. I think there will be a tipping point. Last week we were talking about how suicide bombing in Israel in the 90s looked very different than suicide bombing after 9-11. Right. In Western perception. Because in the 90s I remember people saying, well, Israel must be so awful if people are willing to blow up, to to take it down. And suddenly after 9-11 and then after London and then after Germany and then after France, people were like, oh, there are evil terrorists that have to be defeated. Right. Well, that tip, that change, I, I wouldn't have predicted that. Right. Now, now it's being leveled. And, and, and I would argue that the antipathy towards Israel itself has changed. In other words, you're not hearing anymore that the problem of the Middle East is the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. You're not hearing from Western sources, if only we could resolve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, 
then the whole right. Middle East would become much more right. orderly. I mean, that's clearly the 500,000 dead in Syria has, you know, kind of... You put know, a lie to that. Yeah, put a lie to that. So what but, you, but then but then go look at now, you know, this whole excitement about the winning the Eurovision, even if we don't necessarily like the song or not, and the Eurovision coming next year, all of a sudden there's now pushback on that. And then a their, Dutch sketch comedy right, scene, scene of a... Yeah. Of a of an imitator pretending to be Netta singing about how we want more bombs to kill more people. Right. So again, and that's you go back to this kind Thanks, of this liberal liberal media, liberal media or you know European, yeah, but that's not necessarily the voice of all the people there. Right. Of all those millions who voted for for the Israeli song or the Israeli singer, or whatever they did vote for the Israeli singer. Yeah. So they're you know. It, and, and and maybe you know there's something to this that they're not gauged that those voices aren't heard as much and, and what we think I mean we're so sensitive about what everybody's saying about us well it's a little bit like when they talk to uh, congressmen about why they're such vocal supporters of the NRA right. when clearly on opinion polls the vast majority of their constituents want reform of gun laws you know background checks you know even the basic common sense things and they say well I have a hundred letters in my inbox this month yeah. from people who don't want to change the law. That's all I have. The loudest voices are the ones screaming by, not to change by the, way, the law. We've used that on Israel many times. What right? do you mean? Lobbying campaigns, getting kids to write to the congressman. Well, that's why um, that's why the passion you know. has to be on the side that does want to change because if the loudest side is to maintain the status quo, they're going to win. That's how things are. What? You know, there's all this talk about. You like, just made, and I should have had a V8 face. <laughs> you just literally <laughs> tapped your head yeah, and clucked as if a new. I, you might as well have bought a light bulb, brought it to the park, and held it over your head. That's what I was doing. That was a visible epiphany. <laughs> you know, we're only audio, right? Yes, I do. That was wild. I don't know that I've ever seen anyone actually do that. <laughs> Things that no, I forgot the epiphany. Shoot, no, no I didn't. Um, and when we're talking about this loudest voices, you know, when we're talking about, you know, that youth, young adults moving away from Israel and the Democratic Congress moving away from Israel, that that's the con- and connection I never made before. When we were growing up, we used to write letters to congressmen all the time. We, right. we used to go lobby there. We used to go and at, or whether it be the Soviet jewelry issue or, right. or Israel when Israel needed or is that maybe... You're saying as uh, young Americans go, so goes the Democratic Party. Well, because and their leaders of that, aren't feeling the tension to be as pro-Israel. Yeah. They're not getting those letters. They're not getting that inbox filled with, you know. That's troubling. I, I, I'm again positing that that right. is. That's your hypothesis. Uh, yeah. you, know, you don't have the data. I don't have any data to prove that, but that would be something. Well, again, like I said last week, I think the damage that Hamas is going to do isn't going to be to Israel. I think it's going to be to diaspora Jewish identity. Right. I think it's going to be harder on campuses. I mean, as we hear more Jewish voices that are... Like, we, we embrace this discussion of the, of the complexity of, of the issue. But if it breaks away at that core of, okay, but I'm still going to write that letter. Right. I'm still going to, you know... Right. Of the, of the Jewish community behind it. If that is, you know, kind of um, being nipped away at, and we see that that, you know, even congressmen in big Jewish districts... In New Jersey or... Right. Well, I think part of what, what made the student frustrated is more Jews are now coming around. American Jews are coming around to view Israel as the problem, not the Palestinians. Right. 
which isn't to say that Israel does everything purpose and doesn't um, perfectly and, and doesn't no but I, I I will tell you that while people were freaking out on Twitter about the ambassador's picture of the Temple Mount yeah. the other thing going the other way on Twitter was Mahmoud Abbas is ill and in the hospital right and there were rumors flying around with the Palestinians that he was uh, dead and so the civil war they're all waiting for is about to start so they quickly rushed to the media a picture of Abbas reading the newspaper in his hospital room just a casual picture now why was it a newspaper? Yeah, a nice robe, by the way. Very nice robe. A very I never, nice. I a, never saw a hospital that's robe That's a fancy like that. blue... It was like a very fine terry. <laughs> yeah. Almost velour. Like exactly. velvety. Not a hospital robe I've ever seen. Not paper, for sure. Okay, listen. <laughs> if you're the president, there's a... You know, you get the presidential bathrobe. It's going to be the autocrat. Now, casually... Yeah. <laughs> casually, he's reading the paper, which is to show the people that... Look, the picture's from today. It's not an old picture, right? Yeah. But, visible to the camera is an anti-Semitic political cartoon of an Israeli soldier who looks like a vampire stealing the bottle from a Palestinian baby and feeding it poison instead. Oh, my Lord. Now, Israel's the problem? Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I have. Whenever I have... Whenever I have one of these feelings, like, maybe I'm crazy? Like, people like Mahmoud Abbas or somebody from Hamas is going to remind me that this is a real problem. If you're really concerned for Palestinians, first of all, you should be worried about the thousands being slaughtered in Syria. You should be worried about the uh, stopping Assad from murdering them. The Palestinians being slaughtered in Syria. For me, murdering Palestinians. I think right now that's the biggest crisis to Palestinians. And if you're worried about the quality of life of Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza, I think we have to work to reform Palestinian society. I don't know how to do that from my end. That's why I asked Dan Shapiro. He had no idea, because it's very hard from the outside. Unless you're a colonialist and you come in and you take over and run things for them, which ends up blowing up in your face and backfiring. He, he's not eternal. Even if he's sitting in his hospital room okay today reading the anti-Semitic newspaper, well, he's not going to live more than, you know... Whatever it is, is the... And the, the but the Gaza's going to... The problem, is, the Gaza, problem is, is even in that. The fact that they're kind of in the status quo until Abbas dies right. just shows you a sickness of society. Because yeah. normal governments don't work that way. Democratic governments don't work that way. Someone's sick, they move out. Someone else moves in, right? Well, you know, he's been in power. He's the, he's the guy who, who inherited it from Arafat. And they got to wait till he dies until they can have their civil war. George Washington resigned after two terms to teach the American people that it's not about any individual person. It's about setting up a system that works and relying and trusting in the system. Right. He felt he was too venerated and that was unhealthy for a country that would see him as a quasi-monarch. So he stepped down, even though he was able to do another term, to set that precedent. This does not. This concept does not exist in the Middle East. Uh, it doesn't really exist here in Israel, apparently. <laughs> but it, but it for sure doesn't exist in the Arab world, where it is about the leader, and there is no process for replacing him. It's a chaotic system where kleptocrats and and religious fundamentalists are vying for control of people's lives. They have really no say in it. Right. And Israel, which has offered them to make their own state, and been turned down is now left saying, well, I, I, I just have to stop you from killing my people, but I can't really change you. And so when the world pressures Israel, it pushes the possibilities of resolution and making life better for the Palestinians further away. 
Because it encourages them. So let's go back to your student's question. Yeah. Is it ever, are we ever going to change the... We're not going to change it. I'm more interested in building the kind of Jews building. I'm more interested in us pro- promoting and raising and educating the kinds of Jews who know the truth and can say it. I'm more interested in you know, having Jews who can do what Nikki Haley does or what Chaim Herzog does, just for their own peace of mind and for their fellow Jews. I'm worried, and I, and I, I hate to use this analogy because I don't mean to trivialize the difficulty of being a homosexual in Western society in the past several decades, but when homosexuals remained in the closet, so a lot of abuses were able to continue. And as homosexuals became more open and out of the closet, so whatever your feelings are about homosexuality, homosexuals now are given more respect and, are, are, and, are, and face less abuse. And I think everybody agrees that that's a good thing. People aren't as mean, on the whole, to homosexuals. Even teenagers don't use the word gay as a negative adjective. I mean, that, when I was young, that's... I, I think about how many of my classmates might have been gay, and we used it. But with the coming out of the closet of it, it became less tolerable to be mean to them. I think when we as Jews, especially Jews in the diaspora, are out of the closet with their pride in their homeland, it at least takes the edge off and makes it difficult to criticize Israel inappropriately. It should be a taboo, like making fun of people, like body shaming or racism. Making fun of Jewish patriotism or calling Jewish patriotism evil should be socially unacceptable because you know there are Jews who are going to be upset and offended and polite people don't want to be rude to a group in their midst. So that effect I think we can, we can build if we are open and clear about you're being offensive about my patriotism to my nationality and my homeland. You're being racist and it's inappropriate to speak so negatively about Zionism in Israel. I do think that's a difference we can make. I think external factors will eventually bring people around to realize they're misunderstanding the Middle East and the Arab world. They're misunderstanding Israel because they understand Israel better than Arabs. Right. So because they misunderstand the Arabs, they go, I I don't understand why they're running at the border. Israel must be terrible. Right. No, no. Gaza's terrible. Hamas is terrible. That's why they're running at the borders. But that's hard. So I think eventually... I, I, I think it's a little bit like having a relative who's... We all have friends or relatives who are sort of so messed up that they, they're kind of sinking. They're like, they don't have their act together and things are getting worse. And at a certain point, they hit bottom. Once they hit bottom, they can build themselves back up. I don't think the Palestinians are there. Well, I think it's more in terms of perception, more of the pendulum swinging. Go ahead. Meaning... We had in the, I'm, I'm going to talk in very general, you know, generalities, but we had, you know, from the, the time period between 48 to 67, where Israel, you see, you know, Exodus and Mickey Marcus and Israel was the end. And you had uh, American folk singers who clearly left singing Israeli songs. And the kibbutz movement was like, oh, the darling of the, of the left. And then with 67, the pendulum starts swinging back the other way. Wait a second. They're expansionists. They're colonialists. Um, uh, and, and so uh, 75 comes along and Zionism is racism. Then we get to Oslo. Well, 76 comes along and Entebbe. Correct. And people feel Zionism and racism is too far. 
and it swings back a little. Then you have Lebanon in 82, and the whole media really right. turns against Israel Correct. professionally. Huge of sovereign Shatila, you know, yeah. it was, you know it's t- again, because it's a perception of expansionists going into Lebanon. Yeah. And then you get to Oslo, and the perception changes again. All of a sudden, they get rid of Zionism's racism. All these countries that would walk out, as you mentioned before earlier, stop third of the United stop walking out, actually start making, if not full diplomatic, at least, you know, some diplomatic. Either over or under the table having diplomatic relationship with Israel. Exactly. The markets open up, right? Every, all of a sudden, there's huge investments in Israel, and Google comes, and, and all those things. Um, and then the second intifada hits and all the changes with Iraq and all that and then you have a, a well, slow I, yeah. a slow regression back to Israel as a as a negative again, not, again I will I'm, tell I'm, you again, to this day to but. this day I don't understand that one in other words Israel offers them a state the American administration says that's that's it that's all they need for a state this is the maximum offer they say no and launch the second intifada to me, that should have been the end of public perception against Israel. Well, Israel did everything it's supposed to do, and the Palestinians don't want it. Instead of saying, well, why, don't, why wouldn't they want it? They say, well, they must want it. It must be Israel's fault, and still blame Israel. Uh, it's not a different paradigm than we had in Gaza with the fence. No? I'm saying. It's same the same paradigm. I can't understand the Palestinians. It must be Israel's fault. Yeah. So I, I think that that, you know, the whole time that Israel is perceived in the world as um, uh, aggressive evil or the other way right then 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 they get then the positive started. as soon as aggressive evil then the, the, the opposite happens and, and why is that because people are superficial I don't, I don't know maybe there's I also something, maybe think, something theological about it I, I also you're, think you're a rabbi maybe I always think what are you don't, don't, don't <laughs> throw stones <laughs> Uh, uh, I also think that uh, I also think that we overestimate how much how much people think about Israel. Yeah, I, would, I, would agree. I don't think people really care. Yeah, again, but right amongst the people who care. It seems. <laughs> I, I don't know this who cares. Tension. Who cares? <laughs> I, I think it's a little bit like the we know in why. social situations when you're a teenager and you think everybody's paying attention to you and you yeah. you know you come into school with a zit and you think everybody's staring at it. Yeah, and like. Only you, like your best you friend and the kid who hates you earlier looking <laughs> Yeah, at you. but the other kid in class who right. also came in, you're not staring at his. Like, right. you, you, There's a certain thing that comes with age where you realize yeah, that. Right. It's thinking, not, they're not paying that much attention to you. Maybe they had a fleeting thought about you, but right. they're not really paying attention well, that's what to I'm you. Saying. It's like your best friend says, oh, look, you got a zit. And, you're, and your nemesis, arch nemesis, ah, you got a zit, right? It's and like, so they yell about it. Yeah. And now everybody's like, whoa, all the kids. Now that just right. reconfirms that everybody's worried about your zit. And they're right. really not. Right. They're really not. So I... Uh, Look, the international community on the whole still sticks to the idea that Israel is legal right to exist and all, you know, whether, whatever they pressure Israel to do or not do, however they, you know, it, it's the fact that on Dutch TV they make fun of Israel, but Holland still has diplomatic relationship to Israel and tells the Palestinians Israel has to exist. Even as there was a Palestinian commercial this week on Palestinian yeah. TV of an old hand handing over the keys to a young hand and there's music in the background and the message explicitly is one day we'll be free one day we'll get Palestine back it's the only way is when we can all return to live throughout Palestine Palestinian television telling Palestinians children, adults watching television Israel will stop existing hang in there I don't know when but we'll overcome and Israel won't exist 
Yeah, I mean, it's the only option that they're teaching, so. <laughs> I don't know what that was. That's like, and, and you and you think the problem is on the Israeli side? <laughs> it's amazing. It really is amazing. So I, I don't get too caught up. You have those moments of maybe we're crazy until you analyze it, and you're like, all you have to do is really take a close look at the Palestinians, which, and you realize, A, Israel's not the problem, and B, nobody's taking a close look at the Palestinians. That's why they think it's Israel's fault. Yeah. You're only looking at one side of the fight and think you understand the conflict, so you start looking for things wrong in that side of the fight that you're paying attention to. Well, they must be doing something wrong. And usually you can find something if you're looking at a fight with, with, with each side. But they're not the cause of the fight. They're not starting the fight. They're not continuing the fight. So you have to take a good, hard look at the Palestinians and try to understand them better. And that's just the wor- too much work for, for most people to do. Yeah, most people aren't interested enough. How, you know, how much do you read in the paper about anything? You know? even, even, if you, even if you follow something, you think you're following something pretty intensely, do you spend more than 10, 15 minutes a day reading about it? No. So that's not, that's still superficial. Really, I'll tweet day, about right? the genocide in Myanmar to raise awareness, right. but I haven't done extensive. You don't really I've read know news what's articles. Going on. Yeah, that's you what's don't saying. from news articles. You don't know what's going on. You have a very superficial sense that something's happening in another. Part I know of the world a little bit about uh, what's happening right. today, but I don't understand the context. Right. Uh, the article will give me a little context, but yeah. I don't. You know, if there's a news article, two middle-aged Jewish men are sitting in a park in Jerusalem <laughs> talking into microphones. Their names are Mike and Alan. You don't really understand what we're doing or why we're here. Even if it gives a little, they both work for Jerusalem U and they make a podcast. All I'm getting is the briefest information, and yet people read the news and think they understand what's going on. I'm a big fan of Mark Twain's quote, if you read the news, if you don't read the news, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. Uh, That's obviously sarcastically hyperbolic, but we we never get the full picture by... And you, have, and you have to understand that whenever you're thinking or talking about a subject, unless you're really investing, you know, many hours learning the subject beyond just the news articles, that you're never really gonna you're never really gonna know what's happening there. Right. The intellectual humility of I understand my side is right. I don't understand everything about it. I'll learn more, but I do get the basics. Yeah. Is I think a valuable right. way to look. And, 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 and always learning more. Yeah. And by the way, that's why uh, that's why I would say if you're looking at news sources to read, that's one way also to look and decide what news sources you're gonna you're gonna read is how much do the people who are writing the articles are how much are they investing in really learning right. what's happening, or are they just rewriting other articles they're reading? And I wonder if I should share more articles into the Facebook page for this podcast. I share sometimes. Oh, I share relevant articles on my newsfeed. I share occasionally in our student Facebook group right. because I, I think the, but I don't share so many into this Facebook group for this podcast. Things that I think are relevant to keeping in touch with Israel because I don't want it to be an annoying right. Facebook page. I guess people who've listened this far into the podcast can send a message letting me know uh, to the idea. Facebook Great. group uh, if you think we should be you know, posting more articles that are worthwhile. Um, yeah, that would be idea. a good feedback to have. You know, just uh, maybe I'll put a poll. Good idea. All right, so take a look at the Facebook page. I'll try to link some articles to this post of things that we talked about. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I have to come clean here that I've like since the Zuckerberg went in front of Congress, I've 
checked out of Facebook. That's not his name, Zuckerberg. What's his name? I don't know. What's his name? Mark Zuckerman? I don't know. Now I'm blanking on the Facebook. This is what happened when two middle-aged Jewish men have a conversation. Sit in the park in the afternoon. Maybe it is Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg? You haven't touched Facebook? Not really. I I try not to. I mean, I I can't say I haven't touched it, but more or less not. Look, it's interesting as as we talk about this topic... Social media, which everybody said was going to be this amazing tool to getting the word out about everything, social media has changed in so many ways that I don't know how much people rely on it for information. I think they, I think they rely on it to look at articles or. I do. I think that, you know it's a good it's a good heads Zuckerberg, up to Yeah, Zuckerberg. I think it's pronounced Zuckerberg though. I think that's oh, why I'm being thrown off. But uh, I think that. Uh, I think that if it's a link to an article, I think it ends up being, you end up, uh, and this is an off-mentioned point, but you end up looking at articles that reinforce your way of thinking. It's not a very good, uh, it's not a very good place to find persuasive, mind-changing, my, you know, education-expanding things. It's right. a good place to find things that reinforce you, which I think is very important. I think you should read the, the, the pieces that reinforce what you understand. But not exclusively. It, it can't be that exclusively if you want to be an informed person. Yeah. I don't know what kind of bird that is, but it's kind of annoying. A crow. All is right. It? All right. Well, back into the uh, real world. Yep. We can't, we have to leave our little. Uh, back to the coal mines. Back to the coal mines. Back to the salt mines. We have to leave our little idyllic park podcast world <laughs> and go back into the rough and tumble world. Yeah. Of, teaching people things. All right. Uh, Thanks so much, Alan. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Jerusalem U, the Israel Teachers Lounge podcast. Please feel free to subscribe through whichever service you use. Also, come join us on the Facebook page and ask us questions and keep up to date with what we're doing. We love feedback. Also, we would really appreciate it if you could take a few minutes and review and rate us on iTunes or Stitcher. It would make a very big difference for us, and you would earn our eternal gratitude. Thanks so much.